Death comes to every one of us. We always think that we have just a little more time. But actually, God has our death, even our death, especially our death, as an appointment with Him. A time when we will move from this life to the next. The question is, not if we will die, but what will happen in the afterlife. My name is Trey Rhodes, and I'm the Connections Pastor here at Northwood Baptist Church. And it's good to have you along as you listen, whether you're a Life Connection Group leader or uh, maybe you're helping assist in the Life Connection Groups, or maybe you're just listening and you've heard about our podcast and have just tuned in to see what's going on. We'd love to have you join us. And by the way, if you want the materials that go with this, I will certainly send those to you. We have a list that we put people on and send it out to them. So if you would like to be on that list, just email me at Trey, T-R-E-Y, at NorthwoodBaptist.com, and I will get the email, and I will get that set up. So we would love to have you following along. I think I can put that uh, email also in the uh, uh, on the site, so you can look that up and have that available to you as well. So anyway, we are talking about death today, obviously, and that's not always a comfortable conversation. As a matter of fact, most of the time, it's not a comfortable conversation. We don't want to do things like find out what it's going to be like when we pass from this life to the next. We don't even want to deal with our own death and to the extent that I always hear people say, well, I don't really want to go to the undertaker to figure out what, what it's going to be like, uh, what my coffin's going to be like. I'll let somebody else take care of that. Or maybe we even say things like, you know, I just don't think that it's possible for me to be able to do that. I'm just not emotionally able to handle that right now. Well, the truth is, is that we all feel that way at times. We all... Uh, think that we're going to live forever on this earth, but the bottom line is we are not. Let's say that we live to be 100 years old. Even that is not enough. Uh, we will always want to live just a little longer. And it's just that way with, with our financial resources and with our time. So uh, Pastor Tommy went and did a message called Conversations That Connect, and we are using 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 5-9, through 9, which you might want to get out and review and read that over, uh, some very powerful uh, passages of Scripture there that you might want to read, and also Revelation 21, 1 through 4. So as he does in his message, uh, you're welcome to go ahead and uh, click those and have them ready, whether it's on your computer or on your Bible or whatever. But the, the bottom line is, is the Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, that God has put eternity in our hearts. In other words, we are designed by God to want to live forever. We will live forever, every single one of us. Now, the choice is not that we will live forever, but where we will live forever. And that's where it gets to be uncomfortable. I think if we all thought that somehow we were going to end up in heaven, we wouldn't even care because we know we're going to be there. But because there is this choice that is made early on in our life, or in our life, before we go into eternity, a you know, place between heaven and hell, that's what makes us uncomfortable. Matter of fact, 73% of people believe in a, a real heaven in the United States of America, but hell, not so much. Nobody, almost uh, very few people want to believe that there is a hell. And if there is a hell, it's just a place that you're going to go and have fun with your friends. So let's talk about that. And I'm, I'm going to go over some of the uh, highlights of the message, and then we're going to jump into the discussion questions. First, Pastor Tommy said, hell isn't, com uh, let me say the word right, hell isn't comparable to any human experience, hell is a torturous reality. Now, we're told this over and over again in the Bible. 
Uh, Jesus, as a matter of fact, spoke a lot about this place called hell. Uh, it's in the teaching of Jesus. And during his time, it would have been considered this idea of Gehenna, which is in the Valley of Hinnon, and that was where the, the fire never quit burning. And as a matter of fact, matter of fact nine, Mark 9, 48, it talks about where the worm doesn't die and the fire is not quenched. And by the way, it's not comparable to any human experience. Remember Pastor Tommy talking about, I went through hell today or war is hell or as hot as hell. Those things, those are absolutely and completely false because they are not. Uh, so hell is eternal. It doesn't mean that we're going to be annihilated. You know, it'd be horrible to think that it we would go into a place of fire and we would burn ourselves to death, but to think to, for that to be eternal. Hell is a conscious place that, that we are fully aware of our punishment. Go back, uh, you probably all know the story the rich man and Lazarus. It's also a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth, and, and it's a place of suffering uh, for those who have rejected Christ. So it's that's the horrible uh, the horrible part of it. It's an but it is an appropriate punishment for people who reject God. Is and people say, well, it's not fair. Well, the people that didn't want to be with God here, why do you think for one second that they wouldn't want to be with God when they get to heaven? Because they wouldn't want to be. They would be the most uncomfortable people in the world. So, bottom line, hell is a torturous reality and it isn't comparable to any human experience. Second, hell is uh, excuse me, heaven is an undeserved reward for repentant people. So just as bad as hell is, even heaven is not deserved. I have actually heard people say, well, I've been a good person. I think that heaven is a great place and, and I can't wait to get there. I've, I've, I deserve to be in heaven. I'm not that bad. I've not broken many of the commandments. All those things. We've, we've heard those things that we shared the gospel with people, haven't we? But what we need to remember about heaven is that, uh, first of all, uh, that it is a reward. How do you get a reward? You earn it. You're right. Uh, you know, you, you might do well in class. And so in class, you're number one math person or you're number one speller or number one whatever it is. But heaven is not a reward that you earned. It is a reward that Jesus earned for you through his death and resurrection. It is what we earn through Jesus, what Jesus has already done for us. Heaven is also a place of no mores. We're not going to be, there's going to be no more sickness, no more broken relationships, no more hopelessness, struggles, all those things will be gone. And heaven is also a place of, 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 of fellowship that will never end with, with the people of God and with God himself. And that's our restoration. That's when we will be restored. Nothing at all will be broken. This is when we go to Revelation 21 and we, uh, and we see what God is doing. Revelation 21, 3. Go to Revelation 22, the first two verses of Revelation 22. So then, if that's the case, how do we point people to the reality of eternity? Number one, we don't rejoice as much in the temporal as you do in the eternal. You know, we're all excited about football games. We're all excited we get a raise. We're all excited about all those temporal things. Those are temporary things. But the eternal things are what we need to rejoice in. You know, uh, we ought to be excited when somebody comes to Christ. We ought to be excited when, when God is doing a work in our lives. We ought to be excited when God answers prayer. And we need to let the world know about those. Then number two, talk about your hope and anticipation of being with Christ. You know, I can't wait to be with Jesus. Yeah, this world is okay and, you know, things go well for me, but I can't wait to be with Jesus. And then we talk with urgency. You know, that's number three. And that is that, you know, the whole idea that we don't know. You know, I, I don't know if I'm going to share the gospel with somebody. Well, we don't know. So be ready to share the gospel with every. There might not be. I hope that there's a next time, but there might not be. Number four, 
Talk about the eternal longing in everyone's heart. You know, we talked about that idea of God placing eternity in man's heart. That the people want to live forever. I mean, why do you think, what do you think it, you can ask questions like, what do, you, what do you think it takes for a person to get to heaven? Do you think you'll be in heaven and all those things? So those are great ways. Eternity is before you and we can either choose eternal life or eternal punishment. Which will it be for you? Alrighty, let's jump into the discussion questions and talk about it. Remember, we're in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 5 through 9, and Revelation 21, 1 through 4. So, honesty time. Again, pick out and choose the ones you want. Uh, and maybe you want to get your people talking a little bit. But I, I think the two things that we want you to do is, is to make sure that you're spending time praying for people who are in your, your oikos on your card that you've hopefully filled out. Or if they haven't filled it out, this is a great day to do it. Maybe even bring some Oikos cards into you or bring some index cards that they can put a, their Oikos on the index card. It doesn't have to be an Oikos card. Um, your Oikos, the people around you, I know Kelly and I have been really burdened for our, our community around us and we have been praying for them. So, uh, you know, maybe you want to do that in your Life Connection group. Uh, then, then, if anybody's had the opportunity to share the gospel this week with a friend, family member, or somebody on the street, or maybe somebody sitting next to you at the restaurant, whatever, uh, just share some testimonies about how God is using you to share the good news of Christ. Number three, so uh, that's going to be them, so obviously just kind of put that out there. And that uh, might be just gospel conversations at this point, maybe not gospel presentation, but in the difference between a conversation is you talk about Jesus, but you never get to the point of asking them to come to Christ. Uh, a gospel presentation would end with that idea that have you, are you willing to surrender to Christ today? Are you willing to come to Christ today? All right, so number four is really the answer to the, the question, though, if you want people to be able to respond uh, in your class. I think this is kind of a good discussion starter. So uh, kind of embolden number four, if you would, on your notes because it's going to let people talk about what people think and that's why it says, why do you think people tend to believe? Because uh, they don't even have to answer for themselves. And then they can talk about their friends at work. Or Usually you're going to hear about a lot about what they believe. Uh, in this particular situation, you might hear about what they've been able to hear people talk about as they've shared the gospel. But anyway, what do you, why do you think people tend to believe heaven is real, but that believe that heaven, uh, hell excuse me, is not as the Bible describes? All righty, well, let's examine the text. Now, have them read... 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 6 to 8. And for time, I'm not going to read that right now. But here's the question. Why would God take revenge or vengeance on people who have rebelled against him and, according to Paul, have persecuted followers of Jesus? Is it fair that God would take vengeance with flaming fire on those who don't know God? Why or why not? Well, let's go back to understanding this concept of hell. Uh, this idea that, that hell is real and that it is a real place, it is a real place of fire that will be, uh, that will happen in, in those who do not trust Christ as Savior and Lord of their lives. So God will take vengeance with flaming fire. Verse 8 is very clear. And the Bible is clear that the full wrath of God is coming for people who reject Jesus. Now, the reason it is fair is because Jesus did everything that he could to bring as many people as he could to know Christ when he died on the cross. He died a death that he did not deserve so that we could then live a life that we don't deserve, right? So uh, that's, what, that's what's happening here, um, that God is doing a work in the people, uh, people's lives. Um, now these are, if you remember, 
Um, these are people that have persecuted the followers of Jesus. They have harmed them. They've hurt them. They've uh, put them out of their jobs. They have, uh, in many ways, even kicked out of families and other things. And by the way, those things are going on today. So it is fair because we, number one, we all deserve that. We all deserve hell. Every one of us has sinned. All have sinned to come short of the glory of God. That goes back to last week. But remember that that's what we all deserve. Now, these are people who are, are purposely fighting to destroy the gospel. By the way, don't forget this. Paul was one of those people. I saw a meme the other day. It said, this is how grace works. When Paul entered heaven, all those people that Paul sent to heaven because he killed them as a persecutor of the church will be applauding his entry into heaven. That's the gospel. That's grace. That's what we deserve. But hell is what we deserve. But heaven is the grace of God working in and through us. All right. Now let's read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9. What does Paul mean when he describes God's judgment as eternal destruction? In other words, what he's saying is it's not annihilation here. Uh, this, is, this is not just something that happens and then goes away. You know, like, like I said, it would be horrible enough to think that we're going to burn to death. You know, we die and then we burn to death in hell. But that's not what happens. We die without Christ. And those without Christ burn in hell for eternity. And that's not harsh. You see, because hell is getting what you want. Pastor Tommy talked about that. Hell is ultimately getting what you want. To reject Christ is to live a life where you say, God, I don't want your will to be done. I want my will to be done. And to reject God is to say, I don't need you. So hell is ultimately giving God you what you want in eternity without him. Every person on the planet enjoys that kind of grace and mercy. And when we talk about common grace, we're talking about sunrising, the pleasures of hell, of life, excuse me. And, and, and God removes all that. So hell becomes then an absence of God. And because an absence of God, there's an absence of God's grace and mercy. That in itself is tormenting. It is time that we cry out and receive mercy because today is the day of salvation. So the question is, does that not sound a bit harsh? Now, there's going to be people in your life connection group that probably think it is. But help them understand that without Christ, that is our end. That's not our end. That's our eternity. All right. Um, Matthew chapter 8, 12, 25, 41, Mark 9, 48. These are a bunch of scriptures. And what you're going to probably want to do is have a little sheet of paper or at the beginning of the class have different people look these up and then have them read. Because if you're going through every one of these scriptures, you're going to have a hard time doing it. So what I recommend is you have those pre-read, pre-done, -pre pre-chosen um, and have people look, not look them up in the moment, but uh, get them prepared for that. So it's Matthew 8, 12, 25, 41, Mark 9, 48, Revelation 14, 9 through 11, and Revelation 20, 15. All right, so all these verses, what they're going to do is help you understand hell and what hell is about, what the Bible says about hell. So that's going to help you answer that question about doesn't that sound a bit harsh as well. All right, so to let them explain, well, I see what the Bible's saying now, or I have, I'm very uncomfortable with the Bible saying that, or whatever it is, just have them talk about that. 
Number four, why is hell an appropriate punishment for people who have rebelled against or rejected our holy God? We just talked about that, the idea of ultimately getting what you want. Uh, Revelation 21, 1 through 4. And now we're jumping into Revelation, so uh, again, have someone in the church, in, the, in your life connection group read that. And uh, this passage talks about the return of Christ and how God in the new heaven is a new heaven and new earth. These verses are pointing to a future reality. But what about the intermediate state? What happens to a follower of Jesus who dies before the return of Christ? Well, in the intermediate state, that's the idea where we're in the presence of God waiting for the future resurrection. So that's the part where in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, which we all hang on to and we should, that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So if the resurrection of the new heaven and when the new heaven and new earth are, 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 are created, then God will take us back to life as it was in the garden and we will be able to enjoy his good creation with him forever. So that's where we go. That's the intermediate state. That's the idea of this holding place, if you will, where we are there with God, but we are not in the new heaven or new earth yet. That will happen later. Um, and I, I know time is an interesting thing when you talk about eternity, but still, there's some kind of one happens first and the other later. So uh, that's throughout, if you read the book of Revelation, you can see that there is a, a sequence that is, is taking place not only on earth, but also in heaven. So there is something going on there. I don't know if it's time as we understand it. I don't want to get into complexities of that. But anyway, um, so, this few, so the, these verses point us to a future reality. So... What happens to a follower of Jesus who dies before the return of Christ? Well, there you go. They go to be in the presence of God. That's what we go, 2 Corinthians 5, 8. Uh, then last, what Bible verses talk about what happens when a believer dies? So again, go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, and let them read that. Number six, how does John describe the new heaven and new earth in Revelation 21, uh, 1 through 4? Now, Pastor Tommy talked about that. We find that it's, heaven is a place of no mores. Heaven is a place of unhindered fellowship. And heaven is a place where there is nothing broken. So all those things will go on with the joy of heaven forever and ever. Uh, what about John's description of the new heavens and new earth brings you comfort and joy? Well, they're going to have to share, well, this is what I can't wait for. Uh, the broken relationship that I have with my mom and dad, the joy is we're going to be if they're followers of Christ, I'm followers of Christ. We're going to be in heaven forever. Um, by the way, I, I just want to say this. I don't, I'm not sure that Pastor Tommy ad addressed this directly. But just because somebody dies does not mean they're in a better place. You know, I hear that all the time now. That seems to be the line that everybody uses at every funeral I go to. If they're believers, of course, they're in a better place. If they're followers of Christ, yes, they're in a better place. But lots of people die without Christ. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that few there be that find it. So... We know that there's not, we, comparatively to all of creation and all of people that have ever lived. So my point is this, is be careful about saying those kind of statements. Pastor Tommy, you know, talked about uh, uh, saying that this won't last and how that's a, a statement that just kind of overarching and might sound a little trite, but it is true. But that statement, not only, and, and another thing, this has nothing to do with this at all, but, you know, heaven has got another angel. There are no angels, you know, we don't become angels. We're people of God. All right. And uh, anyway, all right, now we're going on to Revelation chapter 22, verses 1 through 2. Why does John refer to the tree of life in these verses? Remember we talked about that already? That It's the restoration of the Garden of Eden. We have these trees in the Garden of Eden, 
And now it's just a, it's, it's helping us understand. It's not symbolism, it's not allegory, but it is helping us understand what the eternal joys of heaven will be like. It was what God designed it to be in the first place. So it's then referring back to the garden of, of Genesis chapter 1 and 2 and 3. So why does Jesus want us to think about the Garden of Eden when we think about the new heaven and earth? And another, that's that because he is completing what he came to do. So we want them to understand, or people to understand, or even us to understand, that God is going to ultimately fulfill everything that he intended earth to be from the very beginning. This is what it was. This is what it will be. And because of the brokenness of earth and the brokenness of heaven, because of man's sin, I'm going to have to recreate the new heaven and new earth. And that recreation will have the garden as it was intended to be. All right, apply the truth. Number one, why is it so important to talk about eternity when you have a gospel conversation? Well, I think it's important because we all will spend eternity. And if we're not willing to talk about eternity, then there is no op there is no way that they're going to even want to understand what it means to be a follower of Christ. And that's what Pastor Tommy does in the last part of the message. He asked the question, how can we point people to the reality of eternity? And that's when we do that about the temporalness of where we are and we rejoice so much in those things, yet we don't point people to eternity. We don't rejoice in the eternity that we have for us. So it's important because we will all spend eternity in heaven or eternity in hell. There is no in-between. There is no annihilation. There is real places. These are real places where real people will spend there forever. And by the way, eternity has been placed in people's hearts. So when you talk about that, uh, when you talk about eternity being placed in their hearts, as the book of Ecclesiastes talked about, then you're pointing them to that gnawing in their heart that understands that there is a real place that we will live forever in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. Okay, so if that is the case, then number two, how can you more effectively talk about eternity when you're talking with people who that you love who are far from Jesus? Remember, what we, we've gone over this and gone over this, but just remember that uh, we can rejoice in eternity. We rejoice in things. Not our favorite sport or the latest sale or the deal you got or the new car, but when we talk about relationships and God's work in the body of Christ, and miracles that he performs, the salvation that has changed lives, uh, all those things, we, we point people to eternity even in those conversations. We see God doing great and marvelous things. Um, and let them share a little bit about that because they're going to say, well, I think if I did this, I would be more effective when, when the time does come. I, as I'm having gospel conversations, when it does come to the presentation where I'm able to share the good news of Christ, and ask them if they would like to come to Christ. Number three, why do you think we lack urgency to share the gospel with people, especially when we know that hell is a reality for many people that we love? Well, I think the, the, the bottom line is, is we're fear of rejection. We're fear that people are going to turn away from us, where people are going to think, you know, this idea of, uh, it's a pride issue, really, you know, where I don't, I don't want them to think badly of me. I don't want them to think me as a Bible banger. I don't want them, you know, whatever it is that we've got in our brain as a Jesus freak, although that's kind of become a good term for us as Christians now. But anyway, um, I think all those things. But certainly you can have them kind of share their hearts why they're facing those things. That, you know, this is, what I've, this is what I've heard. This is what I've felt 
I felt like uh, with my boss that I was not going to get the raise if I said these things late uh, when the time came. They wouldn't want somebody like me to be in a higher position, those type things. Number four, take time in your group to practice sharing the three-circle gospel presentation. And, and um, I want you to do that. So if you need to kind of gauge your, and I don't want to cut people off, please don't hear that, but try to make it shorter. Uh, if you want to, it, it, it's this important that even if you need to skip a couple of questions, that you share the three circles and that you have some other people in your group sharing the three circles, okay? Even if they can just share a part of it. Share what they're comfortable sharing. You know, just have them go through it. Um, you don't have to get them up in front of everybody. Have them do it from their seat. Uh, maybe they can draw it on a little piece of paper. And the way you start is by drawing those three circles and the little arrows and uh, moving through from, from God's, uh, God's design to uh, the brokenness to the gospel. Those three are the three circles. So anyway, uh, that's a great thing. And if you uh, want, you can also point them to Pastor Tommy's uh, description of how to do the three circles as well. All right, so obviously number one and two, what, is, what do you think God is calling you to do in response to these passages of Scripture uh, that you studied this morning and how we pray? The, we need to pray that God opens our eyes so that we will open our mouth and that they will then open their hearts to Christ. So that's what we should be praying. I hope you've been praying that this week and this, these last few weeks and continue to do that as God opens doors and opens lives. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. We look forward to what God's going to do. And I, I, please report to me when, when people are being saved or when people are sharing the gospel. You know, it's, it's God's responsibility to save them, not us. So when they share the gospel, we want to know about that. We are excited about that opportunity. Uh, share when you've, you when you've had that privilege of, of being able to do that. All those things are so important. So be out there, be doing that, uh, be making a difference for the glory of God, for his kingdom, and we look forward to what we're going to hear. Let me pray for you, and we'll see you Sunday. Father, thank you so much for all you do. We love you, we thank you, we praise you, we worship you, and we adore you. Lord God, I pray that we would be those people who are opening our eyes to the lost around us, so that we can open our mouths to share the answer to where they will spend eternity. And then we will then pray. We are praying now that they will be open to the gospel because we know that, Lord, no one comes to the Father except the Father draws them. So use each of us this week, use those of us in our Life Connection groups this week to make a difference and an impact for your glory and for your honor. Help us to teach the Word of God faithfully. And we trust in you, Lord, in Jesus' name. God bless you guys.